gospel message. This week's gospel message is taken from the gospel of Luke. And it is a passage that we are all quite familiar with. This is the story of the prodigal son. And if we remember the story, it's about a young man, or rather a man who had two sons. And then the younger son um, said to his father to give him his portion of the inheritance. And the father did, and the young man took his inheritance. He went away. He wasted his money on riotous living, as the Bible says. He spent all his money, and then a famine hit in the land, and then suddenly he he was in a desperate situation, ultimately ending up working for someone in that country as uh, someone who took care of the pigs, and he was in such dire straits that he didn't even have food to eat, and found himself, you know, desiring to eat the same food that was being fed to the pigs. And the part of the story that I want to touch on today is from verse 17. So this is Luke chapter 15 from verse 17. And it reads, and when he came to himself, this is the younger son. He said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And then he went home. But when he got to his father's house, uh, as if when we read further in the passage, it tells us that his father saw him from far away and he ran out and he went to go meet him and he had compassion on him. He kissed him. He asked the servants to bring clothing for him, asked them to kill a fatted calf and they were going to celebrate his return home. So when the son came to himself, as the passage tells us, he thought about his father's personality. He remembered, it's all of a sudden like he remembered his father's character. And he says, I know my father. My father is the kind of person who even, he takes care of his servants. So if I were to go home and apologize to my father and beg his forgiveness, worst case scenario, he will treat me as one of his servants, which is by far better than the position that I found that I find myself in now. He knew his father's character. And I believe that's even how he came about asking for his inheritance, even when his father was still alive. We all know that if one is to receive an inheritance, it's usually when the person they receive the inheritance from has died. But this father was alive and this son asked for his inheritance or his share of his father's inheritance and the father gave it to him. So I believe this son knew his father's loving character. He knew his father's 
generosity maybe he knew his father's goodness but he knew his father not once did he think that at least the passage doesn't tell us that that he was like i wonder how my father is going to respond i don't know how my father is going to respond if if i go back only God knows how my father, there wasn't that sense of mystery. There was this sense of assurance of some part of his father's character that he knew was kind, that he knew was generous, that he knew was forgiving. So in essence, he knew his father's nature, which was what enabled him to go back. And it's also what made him remorseful as in, I believe he, that, Part that says when he came to himself, I think he also recognized, you know, his foolishness and how he had taken advantage of his father's generosity. There was a large amount of repentance that came with his making his decision to go home. And then he now knew the nature of his father. So the question that I believe this passage is asking us we who call God our Heavenly Father, you know, how well do we know Him? How well do we know His nature? How well do we know His character? A lot of times, you know, things happen. You know, things happen in this world. And people say, why would God do this? Why would God allow all this evil? Why would God, you know, we have all these accusations about God. And if we look down into the base of those accusations, they really come from mouths or hearts that don't really know God at all. You know, they don't really know God at all. One of the most simple yet most all-encompassing descriptions of God in the Bible is the verse that says, God is love. So I've, 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 when I look at that verse, it's always an opportunity for me to remind myself that when I am wondering about God or why certain things happen or why this is this or why that is that, I always tell myself to start from God is love. Start from that. Look at this situation from the lens of God is love. Look at this scenario from the perspective of God is love and then now move forward from there. Because if we start from who God is, it gives us a better understanding of why certain things happen and God's stand or his position or his will for those things. So we, we can't really do that. We can't really start from God's perspective unless we know what God's perspective is. We can't really, you know, have expectations of our father, true, accurate expectations of our heavenly father from aspects that are true to his nature unless we know his nature, unless we know what the Bible or the Holy Spirit reveals to us that his nature is. We can't know God unless we know God. And, and that's the amazing thing. So often, you know, sometimes we take false interpretations. Sometimes we take false explanations. Sometimes we, we decipher things from our flesh with our human understanding. 
Even though the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. A lot of times we come to this thing. Even those of us who have been in the church a very, very long time, have listened to sermons, timeless, timeless. We open this Bible and we say we read it. And yet we still come to God from a very wrong perspective of God. Isaiah 26, 3 to 4 says, That will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. This tells us of a characteristic of God. It says, He will keep us in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him. He who comes to God must believe that he is. So our minds are stayed on him, stayed on his word. What does his word say about this? What does his word say about fear? What does his word say about trials and tribulations? What does his word say about sin? What does his word say about punishment from sin? What does his word say about redemption from sin? What does his word say about his love? What does his word say about his wrath? His word tells us everything. And we won't know it unless we go into his word and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal God to us in his word. Jesus Christ said, you search the scriptures thinking in them that you have everlasting life, but you won't come to me that you might have everlasting life. Are we coming to Christ? Are we coming to God and say, Lord, reveal yourself to me. I want to understand you better. I want to know you better. John 17, 3 says, and this is life everlasting, that they know you, that they know you, know you, know you, the one true God and Jesus Christ, whom ye have said. He says, this is everlasting life. Do we know him? Do we desire to know him? Isaiah 40, verse 18 says, to whom then Will you liken God or what likeness compares with him? I mean, when we sit down and fathom and think about the vastness that is this God and think about the the might and the omnipotence that is this God and think about this whole, the ways of God are mysterious. So, you know, when we think about this and, and we know that he holds the world in his in, in the palm of his hands, that he sits on a throne in heaven with the earth as his footstool, when we just envision this with our mind, we're like, this This God is huge. This God is awesome. He's huge. He's awesome. He's sometimes, he's not sometimes, he's bigger than our understanding. Who can know the mind of God except his spirit? It's only his spirit that can even give us an inkling to what he is and how he is and who he is. Do we desire to know him? Isaiah 40 also from 28 to 29 says, have you not known have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint nor grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. This is the God of the Bible. This is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is the God of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And this is the God who tells us that life everlasting is to know him. Therefore, Christian, do you know God? 
Do we desire to know God? Does our heart long to know God and to know him better? The prodigal son knew the nature of his father. That's why he was bold enough to return home to his father. Do you know your heavenly father? Do I know my heavenly father? Hosea 6.3 says, Then shall we know if we follow on to know. Do we follow on to know our God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent? We can never see God as he is unless we know who he is. And we can never know who he is unless we desire truly within the depth of our heart to know him, to know him, to just come with a humble heart and say, Father, I want to know you. Lord Jesus, I want to know you. Reveal yourself to me, not because of what he can give me, not because of blessing, not because of answer to prayer so I can get the things I need for this earth. No, that I might know him because his will is for me to know him. Because the more I know him, he also will know me. I will be known by him. Because remember what Jesus says. He says, some will come to him saying, Lord, this, Lord, that. And he will say, I do not know you. It has to be our desire to be known by God. And the key to that is our own desire to know him. So in this year that God has given us the grace to come into this 2022, let our number one priority be to know this God. To know our Heavenly Father. So that every aspect of this life will be viewed through the lens of God is dot, dot, dot. And we can only do this when we know him. And may we continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.